What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft Driver, and Gig Economy News. Sponsored by UberLiftDrivers.com, RidesharRodeo.com, with Para.com. I'm your host, SJ. Let's get it on. Like David Pickerel's in the room. What I know. There? I see like. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's in here, man. DP four seven one nine two and to DP four seven one nine two H. I Jimmy uh, played back the recording for me before you jumped on here because he, I think he was the one that highlighted. It. And I, I heard yeah, what you guys were like, were I hearing. The non alien. Yeah. <laughs> I say signal a bit choppy. Is that because David, because you're in the Dominican or is that us? <laughs> Wait, is he still in the Dominican? Uh, I think so. Or yeah. is he back? Yeah, he yes. Is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And Jeff just got back, the co-founder from London. So right. Yeah. Yes. He sounded very bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard it, and it it was it was very alien like. So thank you guys to alerting me too. <laughs> I would I would hate it to go through the whole thing. Yeah. So luckily we heard it. Uh, but anyway, so um, okay, cool, um, David. I'm guessing you can't uh, jump on if you already have a choppy signal. But um, if you want to hang in the room, and we had a few other people who joined in the first room, and it was a failure. Uh, you'll have to. Um, Jimmy can send Jimmy and I will send you a link after the show so you can hear <laughs> what went down on the first attempt because I sound like an alien or something. I mean, it's pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so today uh, let's let's specifically talk about the. Um, well, I mean, I guess we could move through it. David and I talked about it the last time he was on that. Um, yeah. You know, the DoorDash app had, was now. Um, we had, you know, people are communicating within their market, um, kind of like a telegram type situation with other door, with other, uh, on demand food delivery apps, uh, drivers and stuff within their market, but also could, also could do it nationwide. Um, there you go. DP47192H. The app is awesome. Right on, dude. Um, the app is awesome. Um, and that's why we're talking about it today. Um, but the communication was awesome. I know that Jim, Jimmy and David and I, we all had brainstormed that idea a while ago, and finally it came about, and it seemed pretty cool, and people were signing up. But I don't think they were signing up in anywhere near the droves that they're signing up now. Um, like, yeah, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, for, for the industry and what we do, I guess I would call it viral. It did go viral. Um, it was a, luckily it was kind of, it kind of seems like an under, you know, like an, like a underground viral, which is good because you don't want to raise every flag. But, um, when you, you know, when you added 
when the tip transparency was added to the para app, um, is it still tech? Is it still the text system or it's not? No, it's through the actual app. Yeah, no, we transitioned away from SMS. Right. Uh, we were, yeah, there were so many texts sending out that those fees added up. Uh, well, and I knew you did, but I was kind of reading things in the group and I just wasn't sure if it was fixed because it appears like there were some issues a couple times, which of course should be expected. Um, yeah, I think some of the confusion comes from our landing page, uh, com slash tips dash landing. It still says you're going to get a text. So people go there, download the app, and they're like, where's my text? Um, so, yeah, no, that, that part makes sense. But it's just the verbiage. Like, literally, if they just don't pay attention to that, download the app, it'll take care of itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, once they get into the funnel of the app, I mean, things should be hopefully pretty pretty easy to sign up for tip transparency. So Right. Right. I mean, it's just a wording thing that might be confusing. Like, it's still doing that, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. That, that, that's correct. Yeah. So, I mean, so once they have para, so the, the tip transparency page, was that created specifically because you didn't want to drive them to the para page? You wanted to have this be separate? What's That's a good question. I'm. This is so funny. So much has happened in three weeks. I'm trying to remember what happened. Because um, I, 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 was, I was a little thrown off by that, by why. Yeah. I, I mean, we made a couple of mistakes with that. I mean, I, like one thing that I'm kicking myself is we made it like private so people can't search and find it. Um, cause in the early days we were, we were like keeping it super undercover. I think we didn't want or we didn't have time to make a landing page. And so we were just like, we'll just make a Facebook page and just see how it goes. Um, that could be wrong. I don't know if I remember that right, but yeah. Yeah. So no, it's, it's, it's a weird setup, but it worked in the, you know, sort of the early days for sure. So. Right. I mean, like, yeah, I've, <clears throat> I've kept up every, you know, every step of the way trying to juggle my stuff and be inclusive of all this. I don't know if you know, but um, I know you know that uh, Jason Peason, uh, had, he's kind of joined uh, Team UberLiftDrivers.com, too, like with Para. I'm about to create a team page. Because then for our sound, we have the gig trans, uh, the gig economy, uh, podcast is our sound team. Um, you know, we got Paris, like our, our sister. We've got Drive to Win is our YouTube channel now. So we've kind of interconnected. Um, and between, yeah. uh, Jason Peason, not Jason Thierry in Michigan, but Jason Peason, Idaho yeah. and myself, we've, you know, had enough contact with David where we've been watching this evolve. It was really crazy to me when I was like first watching the videos out there and especially when I watched Jason's who had shown how the text was coming up. Cause I was wondering, man, if texts are off at all, you're not going to have enough time to grab it. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, I mean, we found that texts were really, really reliable. Uh, they worked really, really well and there weren't any issues with like notification stuff either. Right. So like a text would just pop up at the top, it would sit there, and it would never hide other texts that came in after. Um, so yeah, texts were pretty popular. Um, but yeah, and that's something we've been having to work through as we switch to the app, is how do you make an experience that's almost as good as it being over text? So, yeah. Sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, you know, so the, but now the texting's gone. So now it's, yeah, yeah, you, have the, you have the app riding is like, third-party app 
multi-apping type app running on the side and um your and the connection now is just a notification within the para app and you can like adjust as you want to have banners come over your uber lyft uh or uber eats doordash all that kind of stuff that'll tell you so you can okay so is it? Well, so I guess what question. I'm wondering is: is the acceptance happening in the the para app or in yeah. the actual app? Yeah, that's a good question. So right now, transparency only operates with DoorDash. Um, right. So right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so yeah, let's keep it on that. Yeah. And there's kind of there's two ways that people can sort of go about making their decisions and seeing the data. So the first is just a just an app notification that even if you're in the Dasher app. It'll pop up on the top of your screen. Um, some people find that like it comes and goes too quick or some people don't like seeing it there. So there's another place you can see it, which is in the app, in the drive tab. If you click on offer history, um, there's literally a live feed with full pay info. Um, and that thing just keeps up and updating. Um, we also included little emojis there, or I think I haven't done it yet. Um, and like the tips are color coded and everything like that. So like that's a good place to make your decisions as well. So. Right. And so I saw how, so it basically works just the same though. The notification you get just looks like the text one. It says, you know, you're picking up the order from DoorDash. You're going, well, I don't know what this is. And I've been to that restaurant in that part of town. That's an hour trip. I'm not taking that. Now you get the little pop up, just like that text showed, showing that your $12 ride has an $80 tip on it, let's say. So you're like, well, heck yeah, I'm taking that. I don't care that it's everything about an order I don't want to do. That's all me. Yeah. I don't care. I'll wait, spend the hour and make 90 bucks. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these unicorns, they come up every now and then, um, you know. Yeah. And I think, I mean, especially for like seasoned folks, right? I think they have a really good point, which is like, you know, they're, they're used to the games, DoorDash plays, you know, how to optimize the stuff already, right? They know on restaurant and item count and stuff like that. Um, but like most people, right? Like even if they're pros, you just don't know what you don't know. Um, you know, and it's just, yeah, there's just m most every dasher can benefit from using this. So, oh, absolutely. In fact, last time David was on, um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> yeah. Last time David was on, uh, we even got into the point of why on earth wouldn't DoorDash want you to do this? You know, usually we're all, I'm seasoned enough veteran in the gig economy to, to see through and almost instantly be able to point out five reasons why. But I really can't think of it. Like with DoorDash, there's no reason not to be transparent. You're paying it anyway. If you get audited and you were stealing tips, we've already seen that happen with other companies in the beginning of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, they got fined very heavily. And so the more people that would catch them, obviously that'd be a big problem plus bad PR. I think they've walked away from that. So why not show it? Because you do get those restaurants yeah. where people know this is an hour wait, dude. I'm not going to do that. So then, therefore, let's say I've been a DoorDash uh, person for a couple of years. I'm like, no way I'm going to that restaurant on a Friday night at 7. No way. It's way out of my way. Takes forever because it's so popular. But now I see the tip. Yeah, I'll go. But otherwise, me and all the other veteran drivers for DoorDash are seeing it. And we're like, we're not touching that without the tip transparency, leaving it to a newbie who will probably screw it up. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, and I can't speak for, you know, sort of why DoorDash does what it does. I mean, there's one really interesting sort of corner case, which from their perspective, I do understand why they do hide it. And that's when a driver or that maybe that's when a customer restaurant cancels the order and DoorDash has to give out half pay. So if there's like a unicorn $80 tip on a trip that's otherwise like $12, uh, you know, from their perspective, they'd much rather pay out that $6 to the driver than 46, right? Or whatever it is. Sure. Um, yeah. So. But it still just makes no sense. I mean, it really, usually yeah, like. Yeah, perspective. Yeah. Well, not even from the, I mean, from the company perspective too, man. I mean, like, you would want your best dashers who are quick at accepting all this stuff, grabbing those. And of course they're going to grab the big tip ones. Yeah. Right. Maybe I'm missing the. Yeah, I mean, I think they, I mean, they want, and they probably want folks to avoid cherry picking. Um, but pe- folks already do it. I have, I mean, one of our friends yeah. who's, you know, one of my rideshare buddies in Austin, who's been doing it just about as long as me, a little over six years. He has, uh, he still does both. Um, he has all through the pandemic rideshare as well, but he, you know, he was, I just saw on Twitter the other day, he posted his acceptance rate with DoorDash is 5%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, who, dude, that's a, if that ain't a sign of cherry picking, I don't know what it is. Because that's, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's said to help going, nope, 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 nope. Okay. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Some people even do it from the comfort of their own home. Yeah. They'll just sit on the couch. Uh, or even, you know, if it's a busy night still, you know, if you, that's one out of every 20 you're taking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's pretty complaint we hear a lot too. Which is, I mean, like, I'm sure you had this with the Uber heat maps, but like DoorDashers complain that their, their DoorDash demand maps are like not indicative of reality at all. Right. They just say it's basically, it's just where DoorDash needs me, not where I can make the most money. Uh, yeah. See, my worry is the company DoorDash is, okay, here's my worry. Let's say I'm a customer and I'm ordering $40 of food from a restaurant that is super crowded on Friday nights. All the debt. Da- I don't know this as the customer, but all the dashers hate going to this restaurant, let's say. Oh, my God, it's forever. It's a nightmare. There's a line of dashers. They yell at us. We can't use the bathroom. All the things that upset them, right? And they just don't go there. Right. They just don't go there. But so I see that come up, and I'm like, no way. Now I see it come up with the $60 tip. I'm like, doing it. Don't even care. I go do it, and I'm, let's say I'm a, you know, one of the master dashers out there. Well, are, isn't the person me who's ordering forty dollars worth of food, who's tipping sixty dollars, gonna want the best white glove service I can get? And yeah. and by that I mean like you also have dashers who pick orders up and drop them. Like you don't want to get sloppy in that process of how the food is getting. From A to B to B, you know what I mean. I want yeah. your best yeah, I driver. A lot of- I want I want the cherry pickers. If I'm the customer, yeah, I want the DoorDasher sure who's the a cherry picker. Know. I mean, that'd be a good question if customers actually know that, like, when they tip, their driver can't can't see that tip. Like, it's not it might not be factored in that much. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
you know, I know that, yeah, I guess you're right. Cause you know, like I know that these days everything's contactless, but I was thinking pre pandemic and like, you know, sometimes for my son and his friends, if they have sleepovers or whatever at the house, I'll order some Domino's pizza or whatever. And pre pandemic, I was trying to think, did they see my tip if I did it online and I wasn't tipping with cash, but with a credit card? And yes, they did. Cause they actually brought me the receipt to sign. Yeah, yeah. So they bring me the Domino's receipt, and it would say for thirty bucks, twenty dollar tip, and so they would know that driving it to me. So I guess you're right. They might be a little confused on the the consumers might be confused yeah, on. Well, you you'll probably see this. Yeah, you'll see one of these videos go viral of a dasher who's just like, you know, <laughs> let me give you a tip. You should tip more customer, right? But right. from the customer standpoint, if if none of your tips make it through anyways, there's no, there's not that great of a reason to tip. Um, right. Yeah, it's not going to get you better service. So, you know. Right. That's a good, by the way, Larry, Lifted with Larry, if you're listening to this episode, that'd be a good episode for you to do on your podcast is have a, because uh, he always has passengers on the show. He's the only rideshare show I know of that has passengers on it, not other workers in the gig economy, but. He'll pick a specific passenger who's interesting and bring them on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty a different cool use perspective. He's what he should do is get two or three, uh, DoorDash customers on the podcast one time and talk about how they tip. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be awesome. You know, they could, they, they don't have to say their names or whatever if that's how what needed to be. But Larry, if you're listening, there's some idea there. You're going to have to work with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just I'd thinking of you. So. <laughs> I'd be curious from your end, Steve, like I, cause I'm not very familiar with Uber and Lyft and how their like pricing model works. Like do they hide stuff like DoorDash hide stuff? What do you mean? Does, well, like, hide, wait, what? Yeah. Does? So, from Uber and Lyft, right? Like, oh, right. Driver for yeah, yeah. yeah, like they don't know where they're going to drop someone off. I've even heard that they don't know how much they're going to get paid. That one I had a hard time understanding. Um, well, yeah, like what's your experience been like? Because you could go, well, so here's the deal, dude. At the bottom line, if you go into your um, receipts at the end of the night, you're going to see it's, it's very dynamic on what is taken from you know, you, well, you see the full receipt. You can see the breakdown. They make it a pain in the ass to get to it because you got to navigate to each receipt through like four different flow screens to get to one, and then you got to go back out, then go into another. So if I did 25, 30 rides in a night, let's say, or yeah. more, I would have to go into each one, and it really it's time consuming. You got to look at them, but it's very dynamic if you just take two numbers: what the passenger paid. And what you paid minus the tip, it's very dynamic. Like I might have one and I want, I don't even need amounts to tell you this. On one, I might have that Uber took 35%. On, on the next one, they might have taken 54. Yeah. But yeah, I see the breakdown, but it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So this is why I've always fought for, especially with all the lawsuits and everything going on around Uber and Lyft and everything they go through, drop all that legal money. 
You can't claim you're a tech company anymore because you've sold it all off. You got no autonomous. You got no VTOL, vertical takeoff and landing anymore. You got no micro mobility. Your interests are gone. AB5 happened, Prop 22 passed. You're past that marker, so you don't need to worry about being labeled technology company. Be the rideshare company you are, and then just establish a percentage. When I was hired on with Lyft, it was a 90-10 split, and I was making bank here in Denver. And Denver's a good city to drive in, first of all, because a lot of people don't have cars. But um, and a lot of and a lot of uh, young demographic that goes out all the time. So uh with when I went to Uber because I did Lyft first, most people do it the other way around, but I did Lyft first out here. When I did Uber, it was like 8515. Those started going away. But when I hired on six plus years ago, those were straight amounts that were the cut. And my what I was earning on every ride was so high, I didn't need to look into receipts, which as at the time they didn't even have. You couldn't go into the receipts and see what the passenger paid and what you got. But you got to remember, yeah. too, this is at a time when they were just coming to the market. They were trying to bring in as many drivers and flooded as they can so that they never have downtime for a passenger. Are these receipts separate from just like looking at aggregate earnings like that? The, you know, those sort of bar graphs. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, they can really be upsetting. I mean, like even sometimes there's like new line items. I mean, like I can't even tell you about an airport ride. An airport ride can have like seven line items. Airport fee, tire fee, breathing fee. Gotcha. Gotcha. So they'll they'll give you the <laughs> aggregate number in like that bar graph, but then they'll yeah. But when you start in receipts, yeah, and it's like you know sometimes line items might be exactly the same and the percentage is still different, but then yeah. other times you might see four extra line items and the percentage is different. So that sometimes that could go okay. That made sense, but when they're the same. And you have yeah. the same two or three line items on every one, and you're doing them back to back, so it can't be a time of day or whatever. You know, maybe I I, I just don't I know how to even show it. But I, I've always said just come up with a straight percentage. Uber, you know, I'd like to see it be eighty twenty to the driver's advantage, right? Of course I would. I think that's fair. That's doable. But let's say 75-25. Uber gets 25. Driver gets 75. Now, as a driver, I don't have to sit there and be so worried about what Uber's doing behind my back because I know, actually, they're working their ass off for me to make me more money because to make that 25% be able to run the company, therefore, they have to price the model according to that 25%. And if they did that, all the lawsuits go away. Everything goes away. Hmm. About independent contractor status, all this would go away because drivers would get a straight percentage. So, yes, you'd, and you'd, we'd see an Uber increase in fare. If, if you remember pre-pandemic, you know, there was a lot of talk and we talk about it on the podcast or on, on Uber Lyft drivers all the time about how, you know, they can't raise prices because Uber and Lyft are fighting each other to race to the bottom. Well, I mean, right now they're all the dry, all the passengers are back, but all the, no drivers are coming back yet. And, uh, you know, we're seeing the rates be triple what they used to be. So they have no problem raising rates. 
So if that's the case, which we thought was a problem all this time, just raise the damn rates and come up with a split for the drivers. That's the same split on every ticket. Yeah, this is where you wish David could uh, could chime in. I'm sure you have some, some good insight here. Um, <laughs> but back to your stuff, because I know, and I really do want to talk about a little more of this. And there's, I saw what, I saw uh, text 1025. I don't know if you saw this. What's special, What's about, special door- about door dashing? I'm sorry, I'm in the Middle East, so I don't fully get it. Uh, <laughs> oh. There's, I mean, I guess there's... I guess, I, well, I mean, I guess so in the Middle East, you guys, I don't, I'm not sure exactly where you are, but you might have Uber Eats. Deliveroo. No, I'm just um, no I mean, <laughs> they might. I don't know where they are. That's why, I mean, if I knew exactly where you were, we could probably tell you which ones are operating, but you're... You're probably familiar with whatever in your area, um, if you're asking about what's so special about DoorDash, um, in your area, you have app-based or on-demand um, platforms for delivering food, or else you wouldn't be asking this question. What we're talking about here today is that dashers, um, you know, the people who drive for DoorDash and deliver, um, they pick up uh, orders but they don't get to see the tips until after the, the order, after the whole, after the food's been delivered and the order's been cleared from the queue. So what Para has done has they've made it so that tip transparency comes through as you see the order come up. So you'll see a thirty or forty dollar order, but you'll also see the tip that's included with it. So that might very much change your mind as to whether or not. You know, you want to you want to get on board with this and uh, <laughs> um, I could not take that ride or, no. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward stuff. It's, you know, if you go to if you do Uber Eats, which also might be in your area, you're probably getting the same issue that DoorDashers were having pre. Para app tip transparency. So with Uber Eats, you know, you're just. You're just seeing these blank numbers or you're picking them up because you don't want somebody else to get it first. You know, you're, you're hurrying to grab something, but like always with Uber, nothing's as transparent as anything. Um, and, uh, what para has done is made it so that you can see the tip before accepting it through the DoorDash thing. I guess a part of what we're discussing here today is why DoorDash just wouldn't do that themselves, why all of them wouldn't choose to do that. Uh, my guess is that the people who tip nothing or low tip would uh, never get picked up. However, maybe, you know, here was my thought on it. Maybe it could be like a tiered thing. Like if you've done 500 dashes or if you've done 1,000 or whatever, then you start seeing the it. But until then, you don't, meaning that until you have a thousand dashes, you're taking them all because you want to get up to that point where you can see it. So therefore, you'd have the no tippers and all of you no tippers out there. You're horrible people, horrible people. Tip your drivers. If you're ever in doubt on whether to tip somebody, yes, you tip. So service industry people, you tip. Um, That was easy. (laughs) <laughs> that was a scolding to them too <laughs> but I mean the new drivers for DoorDash wouldn't see let's say the tip transparency if it was through DoorDash you'd have to get to 500 rides let's say 
So you'd have, because you always have tons of new people, so you'd have enough people covering the no-tippers because they just want to be working. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, DoorDash could do something like that with top dashers. Um, like if you accept enough orders on a consistent basis, you could start seeing full pay. Like I saw something with REITs like this in California, I thought. I've seen screenshots floating around. I don't know if you know anything about that, Steve. I haven't. I don't know Uber Eats to be doing anything productive. <laughs> it's four drivers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you're four, it's workers. It could have been Uber. I, I can't remember, but I thought I saw something that's like, yeah, like you have to have a certain acceptance rate for offers. Maybe it was rideshare or delivery in California. And they're like, if you keep that up, then we'll give you more transparent information on pricing and stuff like that. I mean, I know that Uber screwed over everybody in California that was a postmate worker. Yeah. You know, like basically because of AB5, even with Prop 22, everything in place, um, you had to, you had to reapply. And I think the percentage, it was really low. It was like 32% of California postmate workers were allowed to just directly onboard to the Uber Eats platform in California um, after the merger. So it was like 68% of the people who were working for Postmates, maybe five stars, never had a complaint, no longer had an account and had to start over applying for Uber Eats. And then for some reason, 32% of them were just brought over and even kind of, you know, I don't know if it's kept their status or if they transferred it to Uber stars or what they did, but, um, you know, whatever. I mean, for whatever reason, maybe it was an acceptance rate based thing. I don't know. Um, but that's a really low percentage. And obviously it was AB5 related. I mean, even with Prop 22, they're still having issues and still fighting stuff. And, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, but I am, you know, I, so I saw on the group that, um, one thing I really like about you guys, it's almost made me, I was telling David that, um, uh, I'm trying to get somebody to, uh, I think I've got somebody to take over the Facebook stuff. I think I could handle it myself now for our page, but, uh, I just don't want to. I really hate Facebook. I think people are so mean. And one thing I like about it is that, it's made me like like not hate Facebook as much to get on there and go to the tip transparency group because like even if I've seen something hiccup or go wrong with tip transparency, everybody in that group is nice. Like if somebody says one loose word like, well, you know, it's down right now. What the hell? It's like eight people are backing up you guys and going, dude, shut the, you know, shut the F up. This yeah. is it's free and it's awesome, dude. Shut up. Like, yeah, and it's yeah, I mean, and I've seen stuff so... get shut down so quick that in other groups it would turn into I'm going to kill your entire family. Where do you live? <laughs> yeah, That's I what like I think of Facebook. There's yeah. my breakdown oh. of Facebook. Yeah, no, I think that's largely true. I mean, I've that's Facebook's been a huge help for us. I mean, not only would we not have gotten our initial users, if Facebook didn't exist, but like also, I mean, I can't imagine managing a community like without a group like this, right? Like, like just having everything come through the website and like doing emails and stuff. Like it's just so much easier to like fix bugs and report stuff and share info on the page, um, which is great. 
so yeah, it's been it's been sort of eye opening. It's been fun to explore. So okay, speaking of the Facebook group, because I know that when the chat part um, started for Para, that it, that you and I were talking, it was bringing in people, but not the droves that it is now. Um, yeah. So the app is bringing in droves of people, but the Facebook group obviously was created outside of the the other para page. Maybe it was just to keep that one thing separate in case anything, anything ever went down or. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, we, we told everyone not to tell anyone because uh, we, we, you know, we were concerned that, you know, right? well, I mean, who is it? Every corner. You know, this so. is a lot of companies are doing stuff like this though. You know, para found a way to beat them to it. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, Facebook's been, yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we got, you know, definitely our first several thousand people, uh, through Facebook groups, right? It was, I mean, it's, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, there's a, the difference is night and day between, you know, like what you talk about with chat, right? Like, you know, chat, chat's all right, but like, especially with this many people in the app, the, the sort of the flow format in a general chat's not, not that awesome. So, right. So when the tip transparency started and it launched and it was a text thing, you started the Facebook group. How, you know, you were telling people, shut up, don't tell other people. <laughs> you know, like, we're just trying this out right now. Hold on. And I'm sure you were still getting, the page was getting some people. But then I remember talking to David and it seemed like the gates must have been let down because it just started flowing in by like, I don't even know. I don't even want to claim some number. I don't know, but like 500 new users a day or uh, new group members, I mean, on Facebook. Um, yeah. I mean, that's probably about right. I mean, we were, we were probably, we only had a couple hundred people or maybe a hundred people from our old group and we just switched the name and now we're up to, I don't really know. It's maybe like 11,000 or 12,000. Um, right. I mean, that growth is, is crazy. That's yeah, crazy. I mean, that I mean, that's right, that's twelve right? I mean, that's twelve thousand people who would not take the time to join that group if they're not DoorDashing. Yeah, that's it. So that's you it. absolutely have hit the target with twelve thousand DoorDashers. Yeah, hopefully they're all DoorDashers. A lot of them are spam artists. So we've had fun. You know, there I can't tell you how many people who have posted opinion surveys, and you'll get paid good money just to fill out my opinion survey. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> we get rid of them. I love those. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's been, I mean, it's been great. I mean, I think the community at large has just been really patient with us. I mean, that's you. That's everyone else we talk to. Um, you know, people still gave us the time of day, even when we were giving them, you know, stuff that might not have been helping them make more money. Right. And so, you know, this is just, this is the least we can do. Right. People hung in there. You know, they gave us feedback. They kept working with us. And hopefully this is a tool that really can change people's lives now. So. Yeah, that's what I think too. And I, uh, you know, I had told, I had told David that too. I mean, like when David and I met back at the start of the pandemic here, we were using Airtable and digging into every state's PUA and learning everything and meeting each other and just constantly idea storming back and forth. And, uh, and like, I mean, so many different great ideas have come to the table. Even you know this that someday probably do still need to be, you know, followed up on. It's just too many have come to the table, but this one busted through the gate. And so obviously, you know, you got to put the reins on the one that busts through the gate. Um, so the focus has to be here right now, but I mean, to anybody, 
who listens to the podcast, um, either right now, if, if you're in the room or, um, if you listen to it later on a replay, uh, you know, this, there's a lot of ideas behind para that all of them are great. It's just how to, how to get them implemented. And when tip trans that, so that, I guess one of my worries is, if, can you imagine if like all eight of the great ideas, let's say that it's eight that all <laughs> of us have had all bur- all have all blew up at once. So it's almost like the tip transparency was a great learning experience because it took everybody to be on top of 12,000 new users. You know, all of a sudden you're moderating a room. Yeah, you're right. Like that's, yeah, that, that's, that's the question that we're thinking about, which is, you know, it's like, can anything else be released on planet earth that'll give us the same <laughs> response as, as this did? Um, yeah. So that's, uh, I think it's, I think it's just a beginning, you know, I mean, this is, this is one of those things where I use my, uh, my intuition has been pretty spot on my whole life. It's definitely one of my huge points of reading people and things. And I just think that, that the group at para, uh, you know, for whatever role, we play too, um, rideshare rodeo, Uber lift, Uber lift drivers.com, you know, like I'm proud to be part of that because I, you know, there's a lot of things out there doing things, but yeah. like, like that, but I just feel like this is good people. And like, I know you, Jimmy, I mean, like you're on the phone all the time, meeting people, you know, attracting people. Like most people get lazy with this kind of stuff or give up or, you know, if they can't find the angle on how to monetize it within a month, it's gone. You know, it's yeah. it's you guys have the same mentality as I do with my goings. You know, that all good deeds are just that. They're good deeds, it's great to do them, but they'll all come back around. And I think that a lot of good things are coming down the road for Para. I know the focus has to be on tip transparency right now, but you know, maybe you know, who knows what the next thing is? Yeah. I mean, there was a time when uh, David and I were working with pulling driver's data, you know, and, and trying to get it to him like the UK has done, but the UK did it under a Supreme court ruling, you know, David and I were, were using some uh, drivers here in Denver as, you know, kind of guinea pigs, but I told them ahead of time they were guinea pigs. So people yeah. listening, don't think I tricked my friends. <laughs> I just took other rideshare drivers and said, Hey, listen, this is what we're doing. And would you try this? And actually it pointed out a bunch of issues, but I mean, like that was another great thing. Like why wouldn't people want to see that? You know, yeah. um, just a lot of great ideas with Para, And I'm, I'm really stoked about this tip transparency. And I'm, I'm really stoked to see that. What is it about eight weeks now? Ten. Oh gosh. Is yeah, it even that? Yeah, we, what is we it? launched text maybe yeah, two months ago, maybe a bit more, and then we just launched the app version like three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Right. Well, actually maybe it wasn't even, was it? Yeah. Was it with the text that long ago? Because I feel like when David I feel like when we had the five person podcast where everybody was on, I feel like we it hadn't happened yet. That was in yeah. April. That could be true. Yeah. But no, I mean, I think it, it is fun to think about, right? Cause like, you know, any, anything that we launch and release from here on out, right? It already has an audience of, you know, X thousands of people. Um, which is really nice. Uh, <laughs> cause it, yeah, cause it's just, it's sort of a really nice way of just like you can get quick feedback on stuff. 
right? It's just like, it's a great way to see if you can release stuff that's actually valuable to people. Um, it's just so much easier than starting from zero, right? Like the ball really is in, you know, our courts now. Um, yeah, to see if there's, there's more to be done. So. All right. Well, Hey, Jimmy, it's always good catching up with you. Yeah. I'm glad I was glad. I'm glad we got to get you on the show. Uh, we got a couple of good weeks coming up after this. We have the follow up to, uh, Willie Solace, who we, Willie sits on the, um, pro, uh, pro act side. I sit on the independent contractor side, but if anybody listened, or I know a lot of people listen, but for those who did listen to the first episode of us, one thing that Willie and I discussed beforehand, because he's pretty well known in that in that space, um, he's part of the uh, uh, gig worker collective in da- in uh, Dallas, and uh, he he's a he's a he's a big guy with them, and, and we talked first about how everybody who talks about Proact yells from one side or the other, and they don't know how to listen. So him and I had a very specific conversation before the podcast about how our differing opinions are fine, but let's make this so easy for people to listen to that we're not arguing. And it wasn't even like we probably needed to have that conversation, but I'm glad we did because it really was a calm conversation that probably upset both sides. You know, they're listening going, dude, go off on it. Like, and the other side's like, go off on it. And we just didn't. We just talked about stuff. But we didn't hit on a couple big, big issues. So we're going to address those next week. And then the week after, I'm very excited to have uh, Harry Campbell from the Rideshare Guy. He will be on the show to talk about the future of Rideshare. So him and I should have a very interesting discussion about that. All right, everybody. So, uh, yeah. Thank you to Jimmy for coming on. Um, little abrupt cutoff there. Sorry about that. Uh, we actually went on to continue the conversation about 14ers and getting Avalanche certified and a bunch of other things. Um, if you're interested, maybe I'll put that and the alien voice thing together as a little piece. Uh, make it like a bonus episode or something. Put it out on Friday. Um, in case you guys want a good laugh, uh, and to hear a story, but, um, as for today, that's a wrap. And, uh, like I already said, next week we have Willie Solace to do part two of two to our conversation regarding the pro act. Um, so that with Willie on, uh, we will have both sides represented well. Um, him and I also try and talk about where the middle ground is. So, Um, It'll be interesting, but we're going to definitely address the things we didn't get to last time, uh, like right right to work states and a couple other issues that we just didn't tap into. If you're hearing this and you didn't hear us talk the first time, go back, uh, I don't know, I think it was March, uh, go back and find the uh, Gig Worker Collective with Willie Solace episode. Listen to that, and next week will be the rest of it. Um, and the week after, uh, very excited to have, uh, the rideshare guy, Harry Campbell, uh, on the program and, uh, on the podcast. And we are going to talk about the future of rideshare. So I think Harry and I will have a very good discussion on that. And, uh, I don't want to give away anything. Um, him and I haven't even brainstormed yet, um, 
not anything except for some bullet point ideas, uh, just so we're on the same page. But um, I've got a lot of things I want to bring up, and hopefully uh, we'll have a really good discussion about what needs to happen and what likely will happen and will the two ever meet. <laughs> but that's it, guys. Um, I'm out of here. Uh, I got a little bit of a strained voice, um, but that happens to me once in a while, so don't worry about it. I'm always fine. Go have a great week. Hopefully enjoy the weather wherever you are. Summertime is around the corner, or we're in it. Uh, Not technically, but soon. And uh, we'll see you back here next week on the rodeo.